Hello everyone, this is Bob and Threadbear, and welcome back to Fighting in Harmony, a Lancer campaign. Where we last left off, the vanguard of the revolution had uh, done some downtime activities. One of them got a fairly interesting surprise, another one got a fairly interesting call, and all of them got a fairly interesting new mission, which is to go the island archipelago of base and secure the cooperation of the natives there the people who uh, have fought against the encroachment of the harmonic hegemony for centuries successfully to one extent or another and uh, in service to that the NHP Demu has approached one of the local warlords who has promised to be open to working with outsiders. Goes by the name of Peter Palemos. You've also been informed of the local member of the Harmonic Choir, one Jason Mendelev. Jason is an issue for a few reasons, not the least of which being that his father is sort of on the hegemonic council, as it were. Someone of exceedingly high rank. And should he die, the ire of his father will fall on the still-nascent revolution. This is going to be bad for business. Aside from that, you have, among other things, secured a yacht, which to all appearances looks like a gigantic pleasure cruising ship. But on the interior, while there are personal accommodations that are quite fancy indeed, the underbelly of the yacht is entirely full of mechs, mech equipment, and other such machinery that will allow you to deploy your uh, fighting vehicles as you will amongst the archipelago. Your usual flying wing is rather unsuitable for the territory because it cannot make an oceanic landing and because there are the uh, open plains and uh, clearings where it could land are few and far between. Whereas, of course, there is water just about everywhere. I will say, however, that you have not been furnished with a false ID this time. And so while you do have that giant ship, what exactly is your plan for getting to Jasonville and your rendezvous with Peter Palemos? God, it really is just called Jasonville. Oh, also, uh, oh. sorry, you have to find out this way. Namtam died. <laughs> Rip to that guy. Yeah, sorry it's okay though he he's he was british so <laughs> shame he couldn't be different you will resurrect in three episodes <laughs> don't hey don't inflate his ego any more than it already <laughs> is <laughs> he doesn't listen to these i don't listen to these <laughs> i'm not even here <laughs> anyway we have to find a way into Jasonville. Okay. All right. Uh, we get a sandwich board, and we wear it, and we just like write Jason on it, and we just walk around like that. So, okay. Hang on. 
Serious answer here for a moment. The hegemony is set up on the bigger islands in the archipelago. I remember that from last time, yeah? Easier to oppress, yeah. Okay. Are they big enough that, like, a network of roads would exist? Oh, easily. Cool. So, just getting in a car and driving there is probably fine. Do we have any intel on, like, checkpoints in and out of the capital? Jasonville is set up very similarly to the capital of Soprano, in that there is sort of the outer city where normal people and natives live and work, and then there is the Arcology at the center, which is where all the fancy people live. Much like Soprano's capital, there is a uh, a basic checkpoint set up at the edge of town but there is an exceptional amount of security around the entrance to the arcology at the moment you do not need to get into the arcology the native habitat is actually along the edge of the city okay just one checkpoint all right we're gonna get these fruits and vegetables smuggled past that no problem so just to clarify, because you said around the edge, is that inside or outside city limits? Inside. Okay, so we do have to pass the checkpoint. I have a bunch of people who want to do me favors right now. That's true. Send out a bit of information to some nobles saying Jean-Luc Armand needs a fake identity for five minutes who wants to give me theirs right i believe that you are trying to roll in order to get a resource out of your organization you are allowed to choose one of your skills and one of your uh, organization bonuses whichever you feel is more relevant I believe that's influence Yes, I, I did figure that you would go for the one you have a plus two in. Yeah, go for the one that I have any amount of points in. <laughs> so that gives me a plus two. I also have plus four to get a hold of something, which is a thing that I leveled up on the last license level after I had the thought that I might be trying to do something like this. Fair enough. It is indeed something that you wish to get a hold of. So I'm going to just bump this plus four up to a plus six for this one roll and hit the dice button and we'll see what happens. We'll get a 15. Yeah. 15. 15. I didn't specify anything, so that's good enough. Cool. So, yep, using your nation list of connections, someone indeed has been to uh, base recently to tour the islands and... They have done so recently enough that they feel that their uh, identification would st probably still be considered active under the local computer network. And so I presume what you're doing when you were talking about roads is that basically you sent the yacht to just some random point along the coast and you uh, pulled a ground vehicle out from the underworks and... Uh, sent it across on a little boat ferry effectively yes 
I remember we had a land vehicle for Soprano. Mm-hmm. For a few places. Just hasn't always been relevant. All right. And so basically the, the land vehicle around here is, uh, well, it's sort of built like a luxury Jeep. Ha. Rugged, capable, but also gaudily painted and full of extras some of which I'm sure are Connor's contributions. Honestly, he doesn't even have to contribute this time. Oh, shame. This is in service of uh, appearances. And so Demo has furnished you with the top-of-the-line vehicle created by uh, the local car brand that uh, caters to eco-tourists. There is a compartment with sunglasses for each of us. I take the ones that are obviously meant for Alan because they're much nicer looking than the ones that were obviously meant for me. <laughs> we drive with the windows down the whole way there. Yeah, honestly, it's a, a bit of a pain to get the windows and the roof up. No, you have to to pull this thing and then you rotate that. No, no, no you have to pull it first. Like it's in the manual right here. You, so, you can see Jasonville from a significant distance thanks to the Arcology, which is very vertically designed, while the regular city just sort of stretches out among its feet, like, uh, what do they call the little people? Whores? <laughs> Gulliver's Travels, little people. Lilliputans? Lilliputians. Lilliputians. Yeah, like so many Lilliputians around the feet of a giant, the city uh, is dwarfed by the immense arcology, which appears designed not just to be this enclosed, conditioned resort for the wealthy, but uh, actually has these seeming wave patterns that uh, emphasize the, the fact that this is an ocean resort place where people can get their feet wet with a magnificent view from an infinity pool rather than in the actual stinky ocean like poor people hmm. you have as I said no trouble getting into the main city you made a roll and you succeeded that's what you get Huzzah. so what else do you want to do in this city aside from stare at the giant arcology Assuming you don't want to just head straight to the native habitat. See if they have an orange Julius. They do. Okay, great. A smoothie. Do we want to skulk about cantankerously? Accomplish some devilish deeds? By which I mean gather some intel? I do want to skulk about. Although, on this world, it's not orange Julius. It's orange Archimedes. Hmm. You know what? I know it's a shitpost yes, or it's a dumb idea that it definitely has ulterior motives, but Connor going to the bar to gather intel wouldn't be a bad idea. With supervision. Who's going to supervise me? Johnny? Me. <laughs> I am. Alan's raggedy ass will do his best not to look out of place in Super Tourist Resortville. Hmm. Oh, we absolutely could have gotten good clothes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's raggedy and spotty in soul. 
<laughs> there we go. You can't hide that. Yeah. God. Okay. Yeah. We will journey through Megaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to teach both Connor and Alan how to take care of themselves, but in two completely different ways. <laughs> I can change him. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we want to try and find out while we're here? So the number one thing that occurs to me is because we can't just fucking merc Jason, we have to get him gone somehow. We need to start setting that up in advance, I think. So we need to know either A, a good way to smuggle a kidnapped human out of the city, or B, what are some vulnerable points around here that we could press on that would get him to retreat and not come back? And again, I know this is going to sound shitposty as hell, but I'm just looking at my stims to see if there's a uh, an effect that might help me here. Okay, so Artemis was, how can I turn into a snake about it? You are, how can I get high about this? Yes. By the way, regarding the drugs, I'm pretty sure I haven't said this on camera. I don't know if I said it off camera, but... I'm adding a rule that because of how powerful these drugs are, taking them costs one stress. But you get its advantage to relevant roles for the rest of the scene. Also, if you're in a city, you have to explain how you, you, have to explain how you smuggle them in. No, you don't. I'm rich. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm thinking Freeze might be able to fit in, but I can't 100% swing it, and definitely the other two aren't going to help. So I'm going to not use a stim. But I am going to use my charm to try and schmooze people into getting us the info that Jean-Luc has pointed me towards. I look to him for the direction, he gives me the direction, I go and I start having drinking conversation with other people. So I assume this is at the Orange Archimedes, the, the juice bar. Yes. And incidentally, I'm going to do something unusual for this role. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say if you beat a 10, I will give you one bit of information. If you beat a 20, I will give you another more important bit of information. Okay. Can I invoke my celebrity background? because I would be used to this sort of social event given my previous lifestyle. I would say that you, uh, you're used to getting people to open up but not necessarily to fish for specific data. Like you, were a, uh, you were a game show host, not a cold yeah. reader. Right. But yeah, if you want to play on the fact that you are famous, there are enough people here who would recognize you. Hmm. And if you're willing to do that, I can give you your background bonus. 
And maybe none of them know that you went into the military and disappeared. Yeah, like, honestly, that probably was not public knowledge. So, sure, I'll do that. And if it backfires, well, then that's just interesting storytelling. If it backfires, I'm huge and Alan is exceptionally lethal. Yes, I hmm. am. I have a thing that just lets me kill a guy. So, uh, let's go with charm. That's a 25. 25, boy. Fair enough. So, just to be clear, what kind of information were you looking for? The primary, uh, information you wanted. Let's condense all of the topics down to just the idea of illicit routes through the city to places of prominence. Well, I will say that from what you hear, you are reminded of something you picked up back in Soprano, which is that the Arcologies have a fairly massive security hole. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is the giant vents that they use in order to bring air into this massive, fully enclosed environment. And I have the fully operational vent opener. <laughs> yes. And that while you kind of broke your vent opener back in mission one, it has been a few missions since then. And having gotten it to Demu, you have been able to replicate it. I've had that shit on my character sheet this whole time. And I will add that uh, the new information you get is the address of one of the fake houses that serves as the vent's opening. Cool, cool, cool. We don't need to go there immediately. The entire time Connor is schmoozing, he is drinking a mimosa. It's not the same mimosa every time you look at it, by the way. He is actually drinking them. How many he drinks, that is up to his babysitter. <laughs> I do not allow you to become impaired. Well, failure on your part already. <laughs> I do not allow you to become unreasonably impaired. <laughs> there we go. And the other bit of information you gather, the one that just sort of falls into your lap without having to search for it, is that evidently, perhaps out of concern for his own safety, perhaps out of his father's concern for his safety, or perhaps out of this odd desire to be in many places at once, Jason Mendelev is infamous for having a number of body doubles. Hmm. Who not only appear to uh, present themselves as Jason during official events, but also seem to go around and uh, make appearances in the party circuit, on the beach, uh, in public, at various gatherings of varying formality levels. So in fact, Ape, your uh, bit about there being dozens of Jasons is somewhat prescient entire fault of them. I get it. <laughs> okay. Alright. 
Hey, now when we show up to Peter's house, knock, 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 Peter, the horse is here. Uh, we're not showing up empty-handed. All right. Is there anything further you wish to do in the city before heading to the native habitat? God, I just understood that name. It's It's been such a weird name for me the whole time. Like, what the fuck does that mean? And it is the, the place where the natives live. Connor insists on getting a facial. You're not sure which kind of facial he's talking about. <laughs> hey, go frantically Googling how to kick someone out of their own Discord server. No, I'm just... I'm just really disappointed. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything Alan wants to do? I can think of one thing, and I don't know if I actually want to do it. I think it's something you'd have to drag Alan to do. You mentioned earlier about getting him cleaned up to make him look more presentable in this town. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you would have to physically drag Alan to get his scruff cleaned up. I will say this. I will say this. If you allow Connor to indulge in a, an hour at a beauty spa... That's enough time to drag Alan to do that. I guess. <laughs> Narratively, Alan very much does not want his scruff touched. He has carefully cultivated that scruff. But also, we should probably do our best to blend in here. So. Yeah, who knows how long we're going to be hanging around the arcology this time. It might not be so simple and in and out. I don't really have a good cover as, like, bodyguard, or I literally used to live here, and everybody else just kind of looks like this anyway. (laughs) So, begrudgingly, Alan will be dragged off to get his shit taken care of. Get your facial hair shaved into a shape that looks intentional. Get your hair cut and shampooed and conditionered some fucking moisturizer on your face face mask a massage (laughs) so you can stand up straight maybe for once (laughs) it's that scene from Avatar where Toffus is dragged to the spa (laughs) that's basically what's happening here I will say that you would be allowed to keep your full beard, just not all feet of it. My scruff. I don't know if Cotter or Jean-Luc would be more in the lead on this. Jean-Luc is a very well-groomed man. Takes pride in his appearance as, like, part of the whole package deal. I mean, Connor wants to get a spa day for a reason, and it's because his nails look like crap and they need a manicure, damn it. Also, like, there's so much shit on my face. I need to get that stuff. I need to open up my pores. I need to just get it all out. Mud mask, cucumbers on the eyes. The whole nine yards. Yeah, I figure Jean-Luc can afford to leave Connor be for this one and not think about facials and devote that time to getting Alan up to snuff. You have fun, do what you need to do. I'm going to go put this one back together. I'm perfectly well put together. I stitched myself back together plenty, thank you. Yes, and now we are going to go see a professional seamstress about it. Poor vodka, you don't get infections. 
All right. I think in this case, you don't actually need to make a roll to uh, see if Alan cleans up good. No, I like I roll bad, and it's just like the scene cuts to the spa burning down. <laughs> it's just like I that was I swear I didn't do that. That wasn't my, my fault. Connor is meanwhile just still like sitting on like some sort of beach chair, just completely laid back, like fingers in some sort of oil, and not paying attention to anything. Being like, is it toasty in here, or is it just me? Are they having a barbecue two rows down? <laughs> smells like pork. It's delightful. I'll have whatever they're having. <laughs> All right, and with that accomplished, I believe it is a good moment to head on over to the Jasonville Native Habitat. This is significantly less spectacular. Tommy, it's Margaritaville, baby. <laughs> but it's significantly more authentic. <laughs> or at least that's what all the signs promise. Ah, I see. For some reason, there's uh, a statue to one James Buffet, and we have no idea why. So what you see is basically a little town in the midst of a big town. And the little town is made up of uh, thatched roofs and reed walls. And... Uh, those electrical wires. Grass bases. And yeah, a little bit of electrical wires in places where uh, visitors aren't supposed to look. You know what? That's, that's, that's in character. It's just Alan is getting, it's like, gets here and he just looks around like, that's poured concrete. There's electrical wires going up there. Stop ruining the mood. I can't ruin the mood. It was already destroyed. It was like that when I got here. It really wasn't. Then again, I am three mimosas deep. Where did you even get that? It was complimentary. <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 the sign into this area is presenting the Jasonville native habitat. And based on the work done on the sign, it appears that this area is older than the current rulership because uh, the appear to have uh, stapled or otherwise nailed the word Jasonville on top of whatever this town's name used to be. Well, now I'm curious. Jacksonville. Can it be pried <laughs> off? Not without everyone seeing. Oh. Alright. Maybe on our uh, way out then. We, yeah, we have to do that later. <laughs> After we kick the guy out. But, uh, yeah, there's this parking area. There's this fairly well-designed looking building near the entrance and past that is this bamboo fence leading into this area full of these old cottages and huts look like they've seen better days look like they've all been built out of uh, symbol materials and aside from the gaudily dressed tourists the Locals all appear to be in some sort of traditional outfit, which amounts to a loincloth and precious little else. They're doing the coconut raw thing. Christ. Some of them appear to have body paint across parts of their bodies. And uh, 
If you look closely, you can watch as their souls slowly leave their eyes. Oh, there, there it goes. I can see it. There it goes. Yeah, there it goes. And right in the bug sapper. Oh, you hate uh, to see ooh, that. It's a great pop, though. But that was the bit of warmth from the father's hug right there. We have the address, yeah? This is the address. Based on what you got from the the mission briefing, it sounds like Peter Palemos is masquerading as one of the employees here. Got it. The idea of an address implies street names, and I, not to put you on the spot, but I just want to know what the hell they've named these streets. Because I know it's something stupid. Well, the street names have actually not been touched, aside from the one main street that goes straight up to the arcology that is jason lane the rest have been kept as they were if you did any digging into it you'll understand that apparently the uh the delphi postal service has enough weight to throw around to prevent people from just changing street names on a whim that's incredible. I love that. But not entire town names. Don't fuck with the postal service. Well, it's a it's a matter of bureaucracy rather than of throwing weight around. Mm. So you, you can get away with one or two names, but after that, it's the the amount of paperwork you have to do just uh, goes exponential. Got it. They will drag every single bit of it out. Mm-hmm. That is their power, that is their right, and they will utilize it to the fullest. Okay, so here's the most important question of the night. Which one of us leads the way? Because uh, two of us are rich boys from Delphi. Treble. And, uh, right, rich boys from Treble. And th- there is a, a high likelihood that we will not be well-received if we are noted as being such. Hmm. Les Allen has been here. Wait, when? During your downtime, you made a point of it. You got oh, yeah, reputation yeah, and right. knowledge. I forgot. Okay, yeah, sure. I don't know if they'll recognize me with all my scruff gone. It's not gone. It's all still there. It's just well-kempt now. It's organized. Manicured. It was kept before. Alright. Well, I'm not gonna say let me do the talking, but um, Connor, do as little talking as possible. Fair enough. That's all my dice. That is all my (laughs) dice, but... No. Alright, just do your best not to say anything particularly stupid. I know that's a heavy ask, but try. Really try. I'll do my best. Finishes the mimosa. Pulls out another one. No, no. Takes it from him. <laughs> that's that's exactly why. Right there. I've I've reached my daily limit that uh, that Dad has said I'm allowed to have. <laughs> All right, let's go in the cabin. All right. So, you enter the main entry house buy yourself a tour from the rather disturbingly happy cashier 
one of those smiles where it's more a grimace. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those smiles that doesn't reach the eyes. It's one of those smiles that looks like it's consumed the eyes. If you understand my meaning. Yeah. Yeah. We are dead inside. And uh, the, the tour guide you get seems to be already tired of his job. Even though it's halfway through the working day. Hello, welcome to Ireland. Hello, new friends, and uh, Onga Bonga, welcome to the native habitat of Jasonville. Jesus H. Christmas. The natives here are proud people who live independently uh, and have for hundreds of years. They're Lands stretch all across the archipelago, uh, and they live in houses much like these that you see here. They are a peaceful, happy, quaint people. Alan, please cut them off. Alan, Alan, please, please cut them off. (laughs) No. (laughs) They live simple, rustic lives, uh, at one with the nature around them. Okay, alright. Listen, buddy, drop the act. We're here to see... We're here to see Peter. Pauses for a second. Uh, And over... If you follow me this way, you'll get to see how they uh, make crude tools and weaponry out of napping stones. And uh, as soon as you're far away enough from the beaten path of the tour group turns on you and says, Are you really the ones that Peter is talking about? Uh, yeah. Good accent, by the way. Really well done. Sell that very well. Peter will be expecting us. I'm Alan. You might not recognize me without my scruff. He's very sore about that. You're still pretty scruffy. See, I told you. Oh, I appreciate that. Did they really make you say unga punga? They dock my pay each time I don't. God. I don't think I've ever heard Unga Banga outside of these walls. I don't know where they got it from. I don't know where they got any of this shit from. It takes Connor a while to realize that when he says they dock my pay every time I don't, he doesn't think as well they should. And that's when he realizes, oh shit, I've had character growth. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Peter will be expecting me. Um, I told him I'd have at least two people in tow, so... Yeah, he's, he's told me about you. That uh, you wouldn't be coming alone. Anyway, I'm taking it this way because uh, well, Peter's the one doing the napping. Apparently that's spelled with a K? Yeah, napping. I know what you're talking about. You do? Shit, I didn't know what it... What you were talking, what he was talking about until I came here. Flint napping. You know, just you turn a piece of flint into a knife, basically. Or an axe head or an arrowhead. You just knock little chips out of it, a bit at a time. Seems like a lot of hard work when you could just use a blast furnace. Well, they you know, didn't have those when they invented flint napping. They had rocks and free time, basically. If you have enough free time, you can turn a rock into a knife. Well, I guess you're the history buff. Anyway, 
fond of survivalism. I learned something today. Hey, Peter. For you. Your visitors have arrived. He looks up. The guy who's got the the big sort of leather apron that uh, he's uh, smacking the stones to, uh, to create an axe head. And uh, he doesn't look like anyone special. He, uh, nothing remarkable. He just has uh, sort of the olive-toned skin of a local, uh, fairly well-dyed brown from being out in the sun so often. Mess of curly black hair on his head. Smooth shaved. And when he looks up at you three, he takes you in and uh, smiles, stands up, brushes the bits of flint off of his apron and comes at you with uh, hand extended. Shake his hand. Good to meet you. Put a face to the name. I'm Peter. Friends call me the Polemos. I'm Alan. Everyone just calls me Alan. Yeah. You fight long enough on the islands, they'll give you a nickname too. That's just how we do it around here. Fair enough. And uh, who are your uh, big fucker invader friends? No offense. Is John Luke going by anything, or are they just they just John Luke this time? It's John Luke. Uh, this is Connor Elias. Hello. This is John Luke Armande. Armand. Uh, good to meet you. Good to meet you. He'll shake both your hands if you uh, allow him. Yeah. His handshake is notably stronger than mine, but I will shake it anyway. All right. So, you are my new pig fucker invader friends. No offense. <laughs> None taken. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, it's just, uh, it's just what we call all of the outsiders, as patients, you know, we were here first. Apparently they dock your pay if you don't say Ungabunga, so it's entirely appropriate. That is fair. That is entirely fair. That's just in this cheap little village. The nickname, uh, Pigfucker Invaders, that's, that's island-wide. Hmm. Where did the notion that Trebolites fuck pigs come from? Well, not just Trebolites, all of you. Everyone who is not from base. You're all big fucker invaders. No offense. Still my taken. <laughs> it's so fucking no offense. Every time you say no offense, I feel a little more offended. Well, it's just what we call you. I mean, I, I don't see you guys stopping calling us Basians anytime soon. Even though we are, you know, the original Delphians. I, th I, th I squint my eyes and cock my head. Like, I've just been... I've been slapped across the face with some information, and now I have to stop and think about it. Well, maybe you'd have more time to learn about history if you weren't fucking pigs. <laughs> you know what? I've decided that's in character now. I said that one in character. <laughs> Uh, see, I like this one. No, but that's news to me too. So, what? 
What did Demo say? What did she say about it? Uh, she wouldn't have said anything in particular, but uh, Peter here is uh, very happy to fill you in. I, I'm trying to remember from like session one exposition that in, in and out of character, I'm trying to remember like, did Demo say that like this place had original inhabitants and then well, I assume the original colonizers yeah just like a, a ton of people came from space as like I don't know part of whatever conflict created Harrison Armory or whatever I don't remember the exact timeline but yeah I guess there might have been like oh yeah because all of our creation myths were like intentionally super vague and then the gods did the good thing how they did the good thing it was some bullshit like that. Yeah, okay. I'm done talking. And it, we were all fed, well, all three of us were all fed the same propaganda, but it completely tracks that the hegemony would effectively punish the original settlers by making them live in huts and wear loincloths. I think the loincloths and the, the huts is... More of them not having a clue about us in the first place. Both can be true. Yeah, and besides, the hegemony is really just the nose name for them. Right, the pig fuckers. Yeah, like ourselves. Back in the day, when this planet was first being terraformed. Same pig, new fuckers. They needed people who could be here and do the terraforming. And so... They settled on the only bits of land above water that existed at the time. And you're standing on them now. Hmm. Interesting. And eventually, when the terraforming was complete, the masses of new people arrived on the island, uh, on the new continent, and uh, threw their way their realms. Now there was a ton of them. And they thought they were entitled to the place, even though we had been here first. We had done the hard work putting this place into good shape. They forgot about that, forgot about us, forgot about our contributions. And so we gave them a nickname, Big Fucker Invaders. Yeah, understandable. Completely understand. Yeah. The Big Fucker Invaders throwing their weight around is just sort of the way things are. Uh, some folks resent you all more than others. Now me, it's uh, more of a term of endearment. So long as you're willing to allow base to be ruled by Basians, I don't see why uh, you can't go uh, fuck off to your own homelands and do a, whatever pig fuckery you do there. No offense. Well, presumably fuck pigs. Yeah, or sheep, or dogs, or goats. Your choice, really. <laughs> I just had Apparently, certain most of us prefer the humans. Yeah, when you can get some. I bet goats don't run as fast. <laughs> goats are pretty sprightly. You'd be surprised. Anyway, enough about our fornication habits. 
So what have you got for me? Well, okay, how much of the plan are we like laying out here? Are we just being like, we're here to get Jason. We need to find the real Jason. We don't need to tell him about like the union or anything like that. Just we have an enormous amount of resources and also military grade mechs and we are going to get Jason off of the island one way or another alive and ideally turn the place over to the native population. Got it. All right. We're a coalition of pig fuckers who ate the same pig fucker you do. We're here to take them off the island and make them go away. We have a lot of mechs. We have people. We actually can swing our weight around. So, all right. I mean, we got plenty of mechs of our own, but uh, I won't turn my nose up at more supplies. Fighting wars is sort of like throwing a lot of steel and gunpowder into a giant bottomless pit. We have a lot of steel and gunpowder. That's what I like to hear. Your uh, concierge or whatever she was uh, did uh, paint a pretty rosy picture of your supply situation. But I believe I told her as well that uh, before we can go after Jason, we need to get more of the islands on my side here. I got some rivals that need taking care of one way or another. We were told, yes. Yeah, all of them would be very good allies if we can swing that. But uh, if we can't, then taking them out nice and permanently would make sure that uh, their crews either bail or join line. Either way, they become less of a problem. So either answer is good for me. All right. How amenable are all of the rest of them to meeting with pig fucker invaders? Yeah, probably, uh, you probably have to ask them. Honestly, it doesn't come up that much. Certainly, we don't exactly have a big council where we all come together and air all their differences or whatever. If we did, I wouldn't have to go conquering them. Anyway, you'll probably want to hear who they are. That would be kind of yes. It would help. All right. First one I got to worry about. Aleki Lagadamon. Here, let me type it out for you. <laughs> How did you do that? Oh, you see that fourth wall over there. Oh, is that what that is? I don't see anything. No, no, it's right right over there. See it? Oh, there we go. It kind of blends into the sky a little bit. There it is. Yeah, there. There you go. There's some mimosa coming out of it. <laughs> so Aleki is... Uh, well, she calls herself the Pirate Queen, for good reason. She got more pirate boats than anyone else in the islands. She uh, basically raids whoever looks richest at the moment. Could be a yacht, could be a mainland village, could be one of the other little islands that's uh, gathering a little too much loot of their own. From everything I've heard about her, she, uh, well, she doesn't like... Uh, making decisions and sticking with them till the end. She's more like the, the opposite of that. 
Also, she loves just throwing people overboard in order to prove a point, whatever that point might be at the moment. Sometimes she does it uh, when you're near an island and the, the person can swim to safety. Other times it's uh, in the middle of the ocean and that guy's fucked. So uh, she's not really well liked by her people for, uh, you know, keeping them alive. But what she does do is hold on to only like the smallest bit of the wealth that she uh, steals from everyone else. She just spreads it all around to all of her crews. And they love her for that. Hmm. Yeah. It's a decent strategy for power. Yeah, from every indication, she doesn't seem to care about the money. It's just about getting it. It's not about the gold, it's about it's the It's about glory. the thrill. Yeah, I guess. I should play Sea of Thieves again. But me, I mean, I want to work, build something that lasts. That's why I'm willing to work with big fuckers. So I don't really hold up much hope of Aleki sticking with us in the long run. She might be better off dead. But the second guy, so was a bit more like me. I mean, I, I wish I could be a bit more like him. I, he's actually a bit more like the Jean-Luc there in terms of build. Calls himself Erikli Zephsios, which is about the biggest ball swing in his name that you could come up with. Like, I don't know if you know what those words mean, but basically he's saying, I'm the god of strength, son of the god. No, I get, there are people, I, I get that. I'm the god of strength, son, son of the king of the gods. Look at me in despair. And uh, he, he's got the build of an Heracles. I can give him that. But uh, that's not actually what makes him dangerous. What makes him dangerous is that uh, he is like the scrap lord. You get him near a pile of what used to be a dozen different mechs, and it'll create for you a dozen refurbished, I wouldn't say good as new, but good enough to kill people mechs. Somewhere, all of Johnny's neurons activate at once, and he doesn't <laughs> exactly understand why. And uh, unlike Aleki, Erikli is doesn't just fly off the handle or anything but when he gets angry you know it because uh, he'll flatten you and your family and wherever you are unfortunate enough to live that sounds a lot like someone we know oh uh, well he is hoping that they uh, share enough drinks so they don't kill each other how does he feel about twerking uh what you what it's a type of dance where you shake your ass a lot. It's terrible. I hate it. Okay. I'd have to see it. I'm not going to demonstrate because I have dignity. Yeah, I think you're doing me a favor. Also, I'm very white. Anyway. If he has any one weakness, I would say it's his pride. He thinks he's the king of shit mountain. As you might have guessed by that name he gave himself. And so, uh... Getting them to bend the knee might be the hardest part of working with him. Could be he's better off dead. That'll be up to you, I guess. No. We'll pit up against our scrap lord and see what happens. Anyway, third and final rival. And this is the one I'm really hoping that we manage to strike a deal with the most. Because 
out of all of the warlords, she's the one who's the biggest into the Lord as opposed to the war. The name is Marina Takeri, Lucky Marina. And uh, they say that once upon a time, she was on a pleasure yacht, fell overboard, swam to shore, found herself in a village that was in desperate need of some organization. She provided that organization and her base of power grew from there. No one's quite sure if she's a pig fucker invader who uh, went native or if she's a native who got a pig fucker education and then wound up uh, back with her people, but hardly matters at this point. She's known for being good to her allies and to her people, but uh, will absolutely level the shit out of a town that defies her. And I, I mean, to be fair, that, that's true about me too. That's, that's true about all four of us for, for that matter. Nothing sends a message like burning down a village. Nothing says fear me like a sheet of glass. Yeah, that's where we stand. I'd love to go after Jason, the preening son of a bitch. But I gotta worry about my back first. I gotta worry about getting my getting enough people together to actually push these assholes out for good. Fair enough. So we do that, and then you're in a position where you can help us. Pretty much. It's the back scratching thing. I scratch yours, you scratch mine. Only I gotta take my turn first. Why is everybody looking at me when he said that? What? 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 You definitely meant that to be a joke, and nobody got it. Nope. Cut that. Cut that shit out. Cut it out. No. no. Out of here. Keep it. No. Make a monument of it. <laughs> here lies. Anyway. So uh, now that we've made introductions, provided a little bit of information. Uh, I think that maybe we can all get out of here because every second I spend in this place is making my skin crawl. Fair enough. Honestly, it's making mine crawl as well. Lead the way. He takes you back to uh, another sturdy looking building, carefully concealed by a number of palm trees and leafy deciduous plants. And it turns out to be basically the employee entrance slash locker room. And so after he changes into uh, something that looks much more like what everyone wears outside of the native habitats, uh, beautiful Amos brings you out to the, uh, the back parking lot where his vehicle is uh, set up. So I'm thinking that if we're going to take on the islands, we should be heading back to my hometown. Sure, yeah. Could do. Is your hometown on this island? Hell no. Uh, me and the other uh, warlords, we're out in the midst of the actual islands. That said, uh, pretty sure the big fuckers know about all the major settlements out there, so you'll, you'll excuse me if I go, uh, go on ahead of you guys. But for Neonaxos, we'll meet again there. All right. Got it. Before he takes off, I'm going to ask, if we pull a treble-ass-looking yacht 
up to the coast of Neonaxos. Are we going to get fired on? Normally, no. Normally, you would see a bunch of pirate uh, boats come up and hold you hostage for money. But now that I know that you're coming and that's what you're coming in, they won't. Good to know. Very glad I said something. All right, well, might as well just fucking get to it. Yes, I do not want to be in this little manufactured hell anymore. All right. You do have to circle around it in order to get back to your vehicle, but outside of that, you no longer have to be inside the native habitat. Is this what like a zoo feels like from the gorilla's perspective? I don't know if gorillas have inner worlds for uh, humiliation to exist. I bet they do. They're smart. Somehow I come out holding a little gift bag that has just a bunch of like stupid mugs and like keychains in them. A little flint knack knife. Yeah. Hmm. A little piece of pottery. So, um, I kept up a pretty good face the whole time we were doing that. On the drive back to the yacht, I just look upset. Whatever I was keeping up completely evaporates, and I just look upset the whole way back. What's got you down, pig fucker? Well, actually phrase it like that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm in the driver's seat. Where are you? Do you trust Connor to be in the shot, be in the passenger seat? I don't know what sort of trouble he could get into. I could change the radio station. Ooh. You could get your hand slapped. <laughs> I'll, I'll be in the back seat. Fine. Okay, cool. I'm gonna reach back and slap you upside the head for that. You can try. Just like. Sean Luke doesn't do that kind of thing, generally. This is just like, you get those words out of your mouth, and he takes his eyes off the road and comes around to try and, like, actually hit you upside the head. I know that Spectacular Flourish only has a plus one accuracy for the scene, and I feel like that scene has long since passed, but I really hope that Bob will allow me to grant that bonus onto you for this. I mean, I don't see why you would even need to roll. Whether or not you hit successfully, or whether or not you uh, swerve halfway off the road or not is sort of irrelevant to uh, the progress of the scene. I don't say anything if that's all that gets said to me. So, is it, uh... I'm sure you did not really believe the whole propaganda of how this planet was founded, right? That's that can't be what's getting you down, is and I'm sure and you've seen people getting me being oppressed by the hegemony before. So, what's new about this situation that bothers you so much? My father died on these islands. Hmm. Talk about it, or is that just not the right time? I don't know if there ever could be a right time considering. The picture I now have of what he died for. Okay. Well, for the time being, I'll leave it alone. I don't say anything else the rest of the drive back. Connor's just like got earbuds in, just jamming out. <laughs> Doesn't even notice this conversation. No, no, I was going to say I noticed 
definitely don't have earbud earbuds in, and I do notice the conversation. For once, he is smartly deciding to just not fucking say anything. Anything he's, he would say would just make the situation more awkward or worse or both. Most likely both. It does, however, hum along with whatever song's on the radio. <laughs> Loudly. Drowning things out. <laughs> drowning thoughts out. <laughs> what thoughts? Look, just because your head is empty doesn't mean the rest of us ha are afflicted the same way. Just Alan and Sean Luke sitting in silence and Connor's like... We're all coming different songs. I like that Bobbin went for Baby Shark, as though that's the thing that's going to be on the radio here. I mean, it's equally likely that they have Baby Shark is that they have um, Taylor Swift. Or Jimmy Buffett. We're listening to the classics. <laughs> it's classical music. One tense ride back to the yacht later. The passenger accommodations are big enough that you are able to get as much privacy and solitude as you want during the voyage to Neonaxos. And once you arrive there, you are able to see how the natives actually live. Is this Greece? That is Greece, yes. It's all Greece. To me. It's all... Ah, damn you. <laughs> I'm the one who makes jokes. That's my thing. Alright, well, in return, you have to talk for 50 minutes. Damn. <laughs> I regret this immediately. But yes... All the buildings have red tile roofs. They are outfitted with a variety of sustainable energy sources. Giant wind farms off the coasts in otherwise unnavigable rocky areas. Wide areas and plenty of rooftops covered in solar panels. And a couple of tidal generators placed at strategic locations in the straits between the islands. Aside from that, you can also see massive, surprisingly tall mountains rising directly up from the sea level, upwards into frost-covered peaks. As it turns out, the islands are indeed far too... Uh, vertical and far too forested and covered in jungle for your flying wing to find any location anywhere near one of these settlements. As you approach, you do see a number of people climbing rapidly into a variety of sort of motley assortment of fishing vessels and speedboats. But soon after that, you can see a couple other individuals running out towards them, convincing them to stop, turn back towards the shore. 
And while there is no dock sufficiently long and deep for your yacht to set beside it, you are able once again to produce your uh, your sort of mini ferry out the back of your vessel and guide that over towards the fishing wharves. Little skiff. Miracle of birth. <laughs> Standing at the end of the wharf is the now familiar figure of Peter Palemos, who you must say cuts a much more dashing figure now that he's in his own preferred clothing. He's holding up a sign that just says pig fuckers. He's got this great big grin on his face and he's basically dressed in what you might call pirate finery. <laughs> I mean, it's not all a call back to 17th and 18th century uh, clothing, but he is wearing this great billowing coat that catches the sea breeze and uh, provides some interesting dynamics to his clothing. He's got a tall pair of boots that have been shined to perfection. And uh, he has that uh, the bandolier across his chest with a mix of ammunition and uh, clip pouches strapped to it and a pair of dangerous-looking pistols on each hip. What's the weather like here? At the moment, sunny and breezy. Temperature? It's a pleasant 71 degrees today on the island of base. No chance of rain, partly cloudy. Sunset due at 7.33 p.m. This is a tropical environment, and so it is to anyone who hasn't grown up in a tropical environment, unreasonably warm. But this is not currently the monsoon season, and so it's a fairly dry heat. We're next to an ocean. Yeah, I'm I'm probably not hyper used to especially hot weather. As dry as you can get. For once, I am not in long sleeves and pants. Yeah, he can only get away with wearing a long coat because he is native here. He is used to the temperature and the heat. Got a fucking slightly oversized, heavy thread t-shirt. God, what do noblemen do for shorts? Seventh inch <laughs> inseam khakis. Pantaloons. Pink collar polo, seven inch inseam khaki shorts, Birkenstock sandals. Sandals, yes. I don't know about deck shoes. I've seen some nice looking pantaloons as I Google the word. Yeah, set of that. Sandals. My uh, my skin catches the light in a very strange way. The one in a five mile radius is blinded. <laughs> no, it's just like. Human light, human skin doesn't reflect light in that way, typically. Right, because you, you've got that the skin suit thing on. Yeah. Yeah, that probably helps. Definitely helps regulate my body temperature. Ensures that I am not a sweaty mess. 
like Connor over here. Excuse me, Connor is wearing sunscreen, so uh, that actually wouldn't stop the sweat. So, so his skin yes. is also glistening in an unnatural way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I will wave at Peter as we disembark. Hey, Peter. Tim. Welcome to the Nexus, big fuckers. I think you are the first ones to stand here without technically being hostages or hostage negotiators in, hmm, oh, at least 10 years. Congratulations. I'll consider it an honor. Yes, it is. Glad you can recognize that. Anyway, come on inside. <laughs> I'm seeing already that uh, the tropical air disagrees with some of you. I'm from a little bit of a colder climate that I'll manage. And don't worry, we do have air conditioning here. Oh, thank God. Been in a lot of different uh, climates in my time. Not every building has it, but uh, I do. And uh, he takes you into what you presume is his headquarters, a three-story house. Looks like it might have been some sort of apartment building at one point in time before it was repurposed. And you feel the wave of cool air as you enter the building and but then you you quickly realize that it's uh, only really taking the edge off it's only slightly cooler in here than it is outside slightly cooler is slightly better i'll take it i do sigh a little bit in relief and as he goes down into the building he uh waves, greets, and introduces various members of his crew. All of them seem to have fairly idiosyncratic jobs. It seems that they sort of do a catch-as-catch-can situation in terms of what everybody's responsibilities are and what everybody focuses on. And in here we've got the map room. I call it the map room because I have sex on the map. Nah, I'm just kidding. It, it's because it's, there's this giant fucking map in the middle of the room. I just, I mouth the word, what? <laughs> the first explanation was more interesting. Yeah, that's why I lead with it. Well, I'm not going to call you map fucker. Anyway, you can see the whole base archipelago laid out here. And uh, these regions here are... It's our best estimates as to which of the warlords controls which areas and which islands are currently bowing to the big fuckers. Don't mind the stains. Those are from coffee cups. I choose to believe him. <laughs> I mean, just looking at the stains, either it is actually coffee stains or someone really needs to go see a doctor. Well, whose first point of order is to decide who we're going to tackle first. Well, I, I speak for myself here, and I'd really, really love to see Johnny talk, tackle this uh, Heracles fella. Really want to see what happens when you put those two people together. So, if we think about it strategically, the one with all the pride would be best to approach from the strongest position, which might mean having that one be last. Agreed. And 
If we had to start building our position anywhere, might as well be with the one that is most amenable to anything. I was thinking the opposite way. If Lacademon is better off dead, then destroying her and her base of operations would put us in quite a good position for negotiation with Taichiri. Is that how you pronounce it? Like, I forget. Taichiri? Or we might come off as big fucker invaders who destroy to get what they want. Yes. Hey, don't worry about that. You're working with me. Hmm. Also true. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one that's going to be leading the charge here. You guys are going to be working support. So you're not going to look like big fucker invaders coming here to kill who they want. You're going to look like a warlord coming here to kill who they want. Who has hired some big fucker invaders. Sure, but is that the image we want to project if we do really want Marina on our side? She's been in charge of her own corner of base for long enough. She knows how this all works. If we come at her with force, she'll know how to respond. If we come at her with words, she should also know how to respond. And if we happen to use both at once, I think she can respect that. I'd respect that. I'm just concerned about getting her guard up preemptively, but spread my hands submissively. You know them best. You are in charge here. Yeah, I guess my point is that if you're worried about her guard being up, it's up. It's always up. That's how she got to where she is right now. Convincing her that we're not going to just murder her as a matter of course is uh, probably going to be the hardest part, whether we kill any of the other warlords first or not. Well, in that case, I propose we take down the Pirate Queen first, because that'll make it at least a little bit easier to move around the islands. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you see how she's laid out here. Most of the sensible warlords, yours truly included, would take on one island, and then we just sort of build a base of operations around that. Maliki, you see there, she's there, and there, and there, and there, and also there. Basically, she doesn't really have a homeland so much as she has a lot of hideouts. The hmm. little pirate fleet, uh, as close to nomadic as you can get on an island chain. Spread out, which means she can't really put up a good defense, but it's also a lot harder to actually target her. She could be in any one of these. Tracking her down shouldn't be the hard part. She makes a lot of noise wherever she goes. The hard part will be getting to her past all of the uh, amphibious uh, mech suits she got. It also does mean her defenses are spread out, which, if she sounds the alarm, it'll take them a little longer to get there than it would with the other warlords. But there's a lot of them. Question. Is the yacht big and also well-made enough for one or more of our mechs to stand on deck? I would say it's durable enough, made of strong enough materials that a mech could stand on the deck, but the decks themselves are kind of small, and so the only place you could really fit, for instance, the uh, the Gorgon would be on 
the helipad. Got it. So I'm going to need to outfit my uh, my mech with the stuff that like environmentally seals it. I will say that every mech is rated for extra planetary situations. Hmm. I thought there was like a system that you had to install specifically to work in like water and zero gravity situations. I think you're thinking of the EVA module, which is you don't get the slowed uh, status oh, okay. for fighting in low gravity, zero gravity, or underwater environments. Okay. Instead, you are counted as flying. Yeah, the, the one biggest problem that you might face is the fact that, uh, well, mechs are heavy, they sink, and while you are rated for a lack of atmosphere, protection against multiple atmospheres is a bit more spotty. <laughs> Futurama scene joke. Yeah. Well, we're in a spaceship, so we're rated for one atmosphere. Anywhere between zero and one. So we're probably going to have to engage in ship-to-ship -ship combat, and they're going to be spread out. We need to identify where she's currently at, and we need to fucking rush her ass down before she can summon all the reinforcements in the world. Probably throw out a hailing message just as a courtesy. Surrender or die. Probably choose die. That's fine. We'll handle it. She's certainly very likely to. I mean, that said, uh, if you can, uh, infiltrating her crew shouldn't be that hard. There's always people coming in and going. I look at him, and I look at Connor, and I look at Alan, and I look at myself, and then I look back at him, and I raise one eyebrow. When you're looking to create an army, you don't care what, what they look like care how good their arm is, how good their aim is. People like her especially. She's not out here to uh, make a point about us versus them. She's out there to enjoy her own life for as short as it's probably guaranteed to be. Right. Besides, mainlanders have... Uh, I don't know if interbred is the right word for it, but uh, they don't all look like me anymore. I guess that's my point. What do you have in terms of seafaring armaments? Oh, quite a bit. I got my own complement of semi-aquatic mechs. All of us do. I got a fair number of ships and boats. You saw a few of them. Uh, they, they were eager to go after you, man. I gotta say, you, you warned me that you were in the yacht, but man, that's one juicy-ass-looking target. You gotta give me that. It was meant to look like it belonged on the bigger islands. Well, you fucking succeeded. It also needs to be large enough to carry multiple military-grade uh, frames. Ooh. Oh, don't go spreading that around. I don't know I'll be able to keep all of them back. You, you, you tell too many people about that. Understood. But yeah, I mean, Ericles, he's got the most necks. Aliki, she's got the most ships. Marina, 
She's got the most settlements. Me, I got less than all of them. But, uh, in combination, I'd say I'm about equal to any one of them. You also, unlike the three of them, have us. Exactly. I mean, you can see why. I was kind of in a bit of a bind. I was going to have to compromise with someone, no matter what. But I figure, uh, you know, might as well uh, get the biggest fucking lion out there to uh, at least make the terms as close to favoring myself as I can. Anyhow, that's all for later. You were talking about Aliki. So, her territory isn't really the islands. Not the ones that you can see. Not the ones that we got highlighted on here. It's really more her main fleet that just goes sailing around. They lash the boats together when they're out on the water. Then they land on one of the islands they can count on to give them food and supplies often because otherwise they will take food and supplies. And uh, then they leave off, go raid some other islands, stop over at one of their other hideouts. Uh, the cycle continues. So if you put yourselves on one of the islands where she's heading to next, you can uh, present yourselves as potential new pirates under her banner. That's if you want to go stealth-like where the scruff would have come in handy. If you want to go in guns blazing, then uh, by all means, take that big yacht. Just sail right through the fleet when it's at sea. Tear the damn thing apart. You'll get plenty of pirates climbing on board trying to kill you, but uh, you'll get close to the center fast enough. Uh, you might actually catch it by surprise. Uh, of course, what the pirates will do once their leader is dead, I got no idea. Could be they'll probably still try to kill you so you might want to get out of there pretty quick after you do the deed well, we can't count on you to rush in shouting the good word I ain't suicidal I mean you're talking about how that, that ship of yours is more than what it looks like I assume you might actually pull that off but if, you, if it can't then I would suggest doing something else now, if you need more friendly hands when you're presenting yourselves as pirates, I got a few guys who could make sure they have you back. But I can't give out my mechs for this. Gotta hoard them, you know. Only got so many. Yes, we are considerably more resource rich than anybody else. To the greatest extent, we will try not to drain your reserves. Much appreciated. That's for our strategy. I look at the other two. We um, can't really commit to anything until we have our fourth in agreement. I feel like Johnny would also be mad if he attacked a pirate base and then didn't bring him along. I have no idea how he would want to approach this. He is very eager to kill everybody, but these are not hegemony military everybody want to be friends with the pirate that's my gut instinct reaction is how johnny would feel and he would try to befriend them by twerking hmm. i think so he'd fuck heracles he'd marry alaki and he'd kill marina 
So we should definitely exclude him from this entire operation until the very <laughs> end. Understood. I don't think we are in enough of a hurry that we can't hold off on committing to action until he rejoins us. What's he doing anyway? I don't know. And I'm not entirely certain I want to know. Flash cut to him hitting on anything that looks remotely like they would sleep with him and somehow succeeding because he rolls unnaturally well every time when that happens. Mostly pigs. <laughs> he must be fucking pigs. Yeah. Not every time. I do remember he fumbled one roll. He was too young for her. Yeah, the beekeeper lady. I remember that. So while we are waiting for him to get in contact with us, I know we said we would try not to drain your resources. Do you have any spare equipment that could help us get our mechs seaworthy? Hmm. I don't know how well your mechs are designed for the ocean. We got the ballast tanks that can help them rise and fall. We got the uh, skis. Let them skate across the surface of the water. I snap my finger and point at him on that one. Well, they, you gotta have the rockets, too. Yeah, yeah. What about something that looks like this? And I draw roughly what my mech looks like. Quinn said it. Looks over at Jean-Luc. I shrug and nod at the same time. <laughs> oh, yes, the shroud. I, I'm sorry. Would you mind doing the drawing? This, this sort of looks like a fever dream. No, that's that's accurate. <laughs> uh, the screaming baby head is actually a little larger than that. <laughs> if I redraw it, you will only get more detail. Hang you on, will I have a picture a different here. Shape. Where is that? Uh, oh, here, here you go. Here it is. Oh, the baby head's that big? I'm constantly from the inside. I don't know these things. His manufacturer deals in monsters. We learned to ignore it. It's very effective. Wait till you see the next one. The rest of them are normal. The rest of them are more normal. They don't have screaming infant heads on them, I promise you. <laughs> Look, you're, you're into what you're into. I mean, big fucking is not for us, but uh, obviously. Anyway... Part of it is just like the shock of seeing him and then comparing him. Like, that is the last person you expect to be piloting the screaming baby head back, right? Honestly, I didn't know that that was a thing that could happen in the first place until just now. <laughs> I had no expectations as to who would be riding inside of that thing. But if you've got a mech that's got two legs, and space on the back for a little couple of booster rockets, we might be able to make something work. Raise one hand. Also our, I believe our fourth, yes, our fourth is also piloting something bipedal. Mine, mine has six, actually. Six legs? Yeah, well, there's also a little pair of arms. His is more akin to... Like a spider. Uh, arachnoidal artillery. Okay. All right. I'm not the technician anyway. 
I got a guy who does that for me. You go talk to my guy. We'll get you fitted out, assuming we can. And uh, we'll figure things out from there, I guess. And let's go see your guy. Are you sensing any regret off of him? I'm sensing <laughs> a fair amount of it, actually. So those of you with uh, regular bipedal designs can get a special kind of gear that essentially it combines the sort of floaters that you have for uh, seaplanes, along with, as stated, a special rocket booster that allows the uh, the mech to move around along the surface of the water. Attaching this will not add to your system points, just like a, uh, a resource would. But those of you with less traditional mech designs will have to work with Peter's mech crew to figure out some sort of workaround that will effectively keep your mech afloat. Honestly, I'm just going to install the EVA module. Well, unfortunately, you didn't bring one with you. Not unless it's already on your mech. Fair enough. And our tech guy is absent. Goddamn. Oh my god. I know, I know she's not present, and we'll miss this, but um, I'm just... I'm picturing strapping these jets, th this jet ski assembly to the goblin, and <laughs> Arya just screaming as her slightly bigger than a person frame goes rocketing across the surface of the water towards a bunch of pirate ships. Yeah, I mean, for a half-sized mech, it probably would be just a couple of jet skis stapled together that she stands on. <laughs> I honestly plan to just clamp onto a boat and effectively function as a turret. The fucking recoil sends the boat skimming backwards across the water. What recoil? It's a gauss rifle. It's a gauss rifle. Hmm. All right. Well, I can train. I would say that if you just want to be mounted on a boat, then you can skip the roll, but you will have basically the vehicle condition applied to your uh, to your mech. And just to explain that, it is something that you can apply to an NPC design, a template, and basically what it means is that vehicles can only move in a straight line. Although if you boost in a round, you can boost in a different direction. That boost must also be a straight line. Interesting. And additionally, they can only clear prone when adjacent to an allied character. So if that boat capsizes, you'll, you'll be kind of stuck like that until someone comes over and just is able to pull you back up out of the water. Hmm. The template comes with other features, but those aren't relevant. It would just be the limited handling template feature that applies to your mech under these conditions. I accept this condition, yeah. Alright, I will put it in my notes so that we do not forget it. And this will only apply uh, so long as you are in a, uh, a water map. In Kevin Cosner's water map. I have added the reserve water strider system 
Fair enough. And so what is Connor going to do about his giant mess? What if you just intimidate the water to move away from you? <laughs> you simply tell the water to stop existing. Look, that's a core bonus he doesn't have yet. No, no, it's... The thing is that uh, the giant baby head will sink, but only slowly. And uh, as it's going underwater, it will go... <laughs> the ocean sees the giant baby head and is just like, no, don't want that, and moves away. <laughs> no, no, no. So the, the gorgon falls in the water. The head begins crying. It sinks below the surface. It continues crying. Everybody can still hear it with perfect clarity, no matter what depth it sinks to. <laughs> Let me get a look at the fucking Gorgon. Well, mine doesn't look like the traditional Gorgon is the thing. The bug you're thinking of is the Water Strider. I said it earlier. Yeah, the Water Strider. I'm thinking something along the line of that. Just attach all my hands to something that helps it skim the surface of the water. Well, two of the hands are traditionally the feet of the Gorgon, and the rest are holding various systems and weapon pods. But uh, I'd say the uh, the Gorgon's flexibility is its main disadvantage in this case. It's essentially the difficulty here is that you need to design a program that will allow it to keep its balance with two giant floaters attached to its leg hands. And that is why I need a roll from you. Yeah. If you want full mobility while on the water. Yeah. Nope, none of my triggers are going to come in handy, so uh, I'm just going to make this roll. I will take a stress to give you an accuracy. Thank you. I'm big, I can help move shit around. But yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, roll. Make some I'm sure some sticks. locals might be pissing and moaning about the extra work that it would take to outfit the Gorgon, and then I just, like, pick up three boxes. That's a 19. One of those shots, we have a crane. <laughs> I am the crane. <laughs> that wasn't even the problem. Look at each other, cursing curse Greek. All right, yeah, 19 will do. Along with Skyla's help, you jury-rig a balancing program that will uh, keep the baby head afloat for any future aquatic combats. The baby head loves baths, and every time it gets in the water, it makes that shrill, happy baby noise. You know the one. The one that they make leading into laughter. It's always pitched down in an uncomfortable yep. way. Anyway... Seeing as we are missing Namtab for the moment, and you may have noticed that my voice is not at 100% this week, it may be a good idea to end the session for today. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Let's call it early. And to have a look at what experience points we may have earned. The Titan major ideals did i address a challenge with strength leadership or force can i count leadership insofar as uh, me manipulating a bunch of nobles to get us into the city easily 
Or would that be more in line with expressing my heritage, backgrounds, or beliefs? If you're going to call that moment, I think uh, expressing background is uh, more to the point. Okay. I don't think I addressed any other challenges. Well, you have been struggling with issues from your background. Yeah, that's that's a problem for me right now. I imagine it's only be going to become worse of a problem once we actually start moving about the islands. And um, for my minor ideal, no, I did not win a competition, friendly or otherwise. And uh, real quick, looking at my boon of iron, I don't recall anybody performing an extraordinary or inspiring feat of athleticism, acrobatics, or physical force. No, not especially. So I believe I am done. Okay. I express challenges with cunning, subterfuge, or deceit. I think that the bar scene where I'm subtly getting information... Yeah, the intelligence gathering, the fact that you pulled a 20 out. Yeah. That's subterfuge, if nothing else. I express my heritage, background, or beliefs through my actions. You insisted on a spa day. I did insist on a spa day. Uh, I struggled with issues <laughs> from my burdens or background. I'm trying to remember if that came up. I don't think it did. You only had five mimosas. <laughs> and only three of them were alcoholic. No. No, I don't think so. Is a virgin mimosa just orange juice? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think they add some sparkling grape juice, maybe. But the minor ideal I chose was I attained a guarded, hidden, or secret object or piece of information, and uh, I believe the intel gathering also applies for that, because I did gain two pretty juicy bits of info that we can take into account, both already and immediate and like in the upcoming future. Yeah, I would say uh, all the body doubles isn't exactly hidden or secret, but it was guarded information. Boon of Chaos, at the end of the session, if there was a particularly funny or chaotic moment or scene, describe it. Give someone who was part of the fun or chaos one XP. I like the scruffing <laughs> Alan there, and because I'm pretty sure Alan's going to get more than one XP, I'm going to give, yeah, I'm going to give uh, Jean-Luc the experience. Okie doke. So I get three, and John gets one. I just, uh, I address challenges with precision, coldness, or intimidation. Hmm. Don't know if I did, really. Precision, maybe. Cutting through the bullshit in the uh, native habitat. Now, see, I was going to suggest coldness for exactly that. Same difference in that case. Okay, sure. Uh, I express my heritage, background, or beliefs through my actions... I literally expressed my heritage in this one. So, yeah. Yeah. Commiserating. I struggled with issues from my burdens or backgrounds. I am tempted to count the disgruffing as that one, but I don't think so. I don't think that technically, <laughs> I don't think that actually counts. Not so much of a struggle. No. Uh, minor ideal, I showed someone how it's done. Not really. 
Yeah, not in this case. In this case, you were shown how things were done. Yep. I think that's a two, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Next time, we'll bring Johnny along, and that'll just be fun. Absolutely dandy. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Everything can possibly go wrong. Everything's going to go wrong. Everything is going wrong. I guess we'll find out once we finally get Nam Tab's actual opinion on how uh, matters are progressing. But until then, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for participating. And I hope I'll see you all next time.